What's up, guys? This is the first episode of Wildcard Thoughts brought to you by Brian and Jacob. Today, we'll talk a little bit about what we would give to bring back sports. We'll list our top 10 movie slash TV show sports characters. We've got an interview with frat star Jesse Nadinik, followed by each of our top four party themes. Please feel free to let us know what you'd like us to do or discuss on the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. All right, let's get into it. go first podcast um it's a thursday i believe i don't really know what the dates are anymore um but jacob i have a question to start off for you ask away are we gonna remember what people's legs look like once we get out of quarantine do you mean like are we gonna notice differences in the legs or is like well yeah here's what i'm what I was thinking, like, we haven't seen, like, each other's legs in a good, like, couple of weeks now, probably months, and we won't see it for a while. You're only going to see the person's face. So are their legs going to look different? Is it going to be weird to see them with legs? I, I would say, I would say, yeah. You'll, you'll find out who's, uh, who's been sitting at home and who hasn't. See, because I thought maybe that could happen, but then I actually thought about it, and I thought that there's no way in hell that anyone recognizes someone's legs to be any different. Um, but I am glad that someone does have the opinion on it. I think it'll be different to see someone like up and about and actually, rather than just sitting in front of a computer screen. That is fair. Do we think we're going to ever get to handshakes again, or is that going to be the last thing to fall? Mm, I think I think it'll. I think we'll get back to it again. I think it'll definitely take a while. And I think it'll. I don't. I don't think. I. I would say that'd be more for the older generation, keeping handshakes alive, than really our generation. I'd agree with that. Um. Well, let's get started on some topics. Um. I got a would you rather sort of question for you right now. Um. Would you end coronavirus right well i shouldn't say coronavirus like the sports quarantine that's over but that's the only thing that's over um but your least favorite sports team wins the national wins the title or whatever in their sport for this year so like social quarantine is still a thing it's only sports behind closed doors yeah and then in all in all other sports but the team that I support still has a chance. I would say, yeah, but the least favorite, like, so what's your least favorite team? Let's start with that. It, it would be the Ravens. Okay. So they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Lamar Jackson's going to win MVP. Um, but you get to watch sports at least. I, I think I would definitely take that. Especially All right. With- with Man City on the brink of a possible Champions League now, they don't have to worry about the Premier League. I would, honestly, even just watching sports in general, I would be willing to sacrifice one sport. All right, counterpoint, the sport comes back, but only the sport that the team you hate wins, they get to come back. So 
if your team has a fight. Come back. Yeah. Or if you want, like, football, soccer, and basketball to come back, all the teams that you hate would win. So if I win, like, every competition – because in soccer, there's so many different competitions. Yeah, we'd say Tottenham would win all the competitions. <laughs> I, I, uh, I would – I would – Bring it back purely for the Olympics. I think that's what hit me the hardest is the fact that the Olympics have got been pushed back. And All right, but in this scenario, then Jacob, North Korea wins every single event. Okay, then I. <laughs> okay, then I would definitely just. I would definitely just keep quarantine. Because <laughs> my thought process would. <laughs> yeah, at that point, if it's if it's every sport. And I have to see North Korea hold a gold medal. I think I would, I would just keep the quarantine and just let let it ride its course. Because my thought process was, mine would be Penn State for football, and I definitely would not take all sports back just for them to win the title. That would be too tough to see. Because I don't think they for ever will sport? win it. Still, I don't think I think the Ravens is different because like it's probably really realistic that they actually win yeah. the title this year. For Penn State, like, I don't see them winning the national championship in my lifetime, at least, I hope. Maybe they will squeeze another one in there. But if I have to watch that and go through that, I'd take the Ravens to win a Super Bowl day for sports feedback. Yeah, that wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, I'd take Chelsea winning. No, Arsenal. I'd take Arsenal winning the uh, um, Champions League and Premier League. Arsenal's not even back. in the Champions League. All right, well, their Europa League and the Premier League, if it meant we could get Tottenham soccer back. Um, but no, I think Tottenham, Tottenham soccer being gone is actually probably a pretty nice break for you. Well, no, did you see uh, Man United apparently wants to buy Harry Kane? <laughs> I don't think you realize how, how transfer rumors come up like that all the time. He was no, like, this one was this one was on ESPN, and that's kind of my like. If I trust the rumor, if it's on ESPN, I'd normally trust the rumor. Um, I would but, sell. I would sell him for as much as you can and put Hyung Min Son up there. Well, we want two hundred. Did you see that uh, Hyung Min Son has to serve? He actually has to serve his military sentence. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's some BS job though. Like, I forget where that. I saw is. they. He's probably they just like him. the military intern where he just yeah pulls <laughs> coffee for <laughs> gets coffee. I think it's actually he's only going to training. And that counts towards the service, so he gets all the checkbox off. What if, what if, for some reason, the base that he's getting trained just gets invaded, and he doesn't die, but gets shot in the leg, and he can never play soccer again, and he's the only one who suffers any injury? Can he still like function as a normal human? Like, yeah, walking he just can't. Stuff? He just can't play soccer anymore. Well, I'd feel bad for him, but um first and foremost glad that he's all right i think that's the most important thing that we have to worry about some things are bigger than sports and i think in this instance uh that would definitely be true um but yeah i mean if one thing he'd probably get out of the way harry kane become the focal point again of the offense and we'd get back to our winning ways harry kane would get absolutely no balls played to him inside the box and his goal total would be only be down to pk's that other, Look. other teammates win for him that's definitely uh, Adrian. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. Adrian. 
90% of the time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as much as I would love this to be a Tottenham soccer podcast, uh, we, we do got to keep it wild. Um, so Jacob, um, I will ask you, have you seen the Marvel John Krasinski rumors now turning out to be true? I have, I have seen that. And I actually looked into it a little bit because I was, I was excited mm-hmm. and it, Looks like it. it's not guaranteed to be an actor position, though. It could possibly be for, like, a script writer. And I saw that he would, He had, like, said in an interview before he was interested in, in uh, playing in the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So that was before. But I, I think he would make a really good superhero, to be honest. I mean, here's the thing. I think I saw the Fantastic Four rumor, too. The thing is that movie hasn't even been like announced yet. I think it's all yeah. speculation, right? That that's going to come out. Yeah, I I've honestly see never them. even seen anything. I don't. I don't really know anything about the Fantastic Four, but I would watch it if John Krasinski. Yeah, I know. I that would be the thing. Yeah, that would get me to watch it. Um, yeah, I think that would be big. I feel they don't plan this far ahead. Like, I mean, they plan far ahead, but they wouldn't get an actor for a movie they don't even have the name for. Yeah, I mean, now they have so much downtime. They're just sitting on their asses like what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> might as well just call John Krasinski up real quick and <laughs> if he want to do something in the future because they've pretty much halted all production so yeah I know that's gonna be I weird it, there's gonna be a movie gap at some point where yeah. like well they're all just gonna come I feel like they're all just gonna come out at once because like yeah all the movies that have already filmed like they just, I'm sure they just have their editors like working non-stop on it because they have nothing else to do so like mm-hmm. movies that were like done with filming and just like that like however long it takes them to edit period like they're all just going to be out at one time. Yeah, I mean it's. Re- I I wonder if it's going to infect like affect TV shows too. Like, well, I'm sure it's going to affect TV shows, but then like, is there going to be anything on in the fall? Because I'm assuming you're like already, filming right now. It's already affected a uh, real bros' team. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was, I saw that. that was sad to hear Jimmy Tatro. Mm-hmm. which surprised me. I didn't like, I would have thought everything would have been edited by now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought they like had everything filmed. They just release it week by week, but yeah. I mean, if it's a week by week process to edit it, I guess that makes sense. All right. I've, uh, I've come up with my a little would you rather of my own. I just came All right. to the old, old brain actually like five minutes before we started this. But <laughs> We're thinking bosses. Would you rather have Danny Ocean as your boss or Dave Wallace from The Office? Are we talking pre-suck-it um, David Wallace or post-suck-it David Wallace? You get both. You get all of his experience. All as, of his experience? As, a, both a, as both a boss and a... And his ability to uh to market products. All right, I f- oh, that's tough. See, I feel like Danny Ocean, like he wouldn't tell any tell you anything. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you're gonna be in the dark the entire time, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be so shady, and like you don't know what you're gonna be doing. Where like David Wallace, you can basically just screw around the entire time, and like he's gonna do all the serious work for you. 
and then you actually don't have to like worry about anything. Um, I'm going to take David Wallace. Controversial pick, um, but that's who I'm going to go with. But actually, I don't. I don't hate that because. Yeah. I guess with Danny, you just you have you have to be able to be above the law. So. And Danny Ocean, I feel like that's a whoever goes there is like super highly skilled for whatever they're doing, like specifically in one thing. And there's not one thing that like they're like, oh, Brian, he's known for his yeah. jumping out of boxes and stuff like that. Yeah, they usually just say, oh, Brian, like that's a, that's a jack of all trades right there. So yeah, I mean, he can do everything. Most of the time, yeah, pretty average. Um, but for our top ten this week, um we're going to be doing top 10 sports movies characters. So I think, uh, are we doing this in like an order, Jacob, or are we just going to do like the 10 best? Uh, I ordered mine. I say we just like go list one by one, who we had at one, who we had at two. All right. Now are we doing, this can be any sports movie, right? We're not just yeah. sports. And I took it as a mixture of like great stories. Also like also just electric sports movie characters. Okay. All right. Do you want to list got, the first I've, one then? Yeah. So I think I feel like our first one might actually. I I took Rocky about Balboa with one. I thought that was pretty easy. Well, see, I don't. I never even watched like all the Rocky movies. So like, that's a damn shame. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. For me, like, I don't know if I if I haven't seen any of them, I can't really put them one. No, I I, I agree that you shouldn't be able to put it on there, but you should definitely watch them. Yeah, see, my mind always goes to sports comedies right away. Yeah, seen- so I, yeah, I had more, I had more sports comedy, and I started to replace them with some stories. And then, I, I, I thought I found a good mixture, but I would definitely watch all of the Rocky movies. Yeah, well, can we go from TV shows too? Um, I didn't, but if you, if you did. All right. Well, I'm gonna go from TV shows. I'm gonna take. Uh, Who's the young quarterback from Friday Night Lights? Matt Saracen. No, 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 Matt Saracen. <laughs> oh, shoot. J.D. McCool or whatever? J.D. J.D. McCoy? McCoy? He's the one yeah, who I'm got taking, beat. Oh. <laughs> I'm taking J.D. McCoy. I thought you were talking about one. Michael B. Jordan for a minute. I don't, I don't oh. know who Michael B. Jordan's name is. I just know it's him and Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no, I'm J.D. taking out J.D. McCoy as my first one. Yeah, he's uh. That's not that's not a bad pick. He's he covers all all specters there. It's just a really inspirational story. Um it's <laughs> a shame an he had asshole, to leave the Dylan was... Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, a that's my first pick. In, uh he's definitely a liability in uh in hometown rivalries though. He is, yeah. And Although state guess, finals. Yeah, you can't really blame him when you're playing Michael B. Jordan and I know, but in high school. That's fair. But you know, JD McCoy. I think he's the most talented quarterback there from Friday Night Lights. Vince is probably a close second, but you know, just a big. Uh, if, it, if his dad is a uh, John Gruden and puts him in the QB room every week instead of beats him <laughs> at the, uh, in the Applebee's parking lot, that that <laughs> that kid can do. Better. You know, it's a different. And also, like, you got to think, JD. Like he spent all those times with girls. Like if he would have done what his father said and. Stayed in the film room and only worried about that. He could actually be – he could have been a superstar. That's true. All right. With uh, a second pick, I took Wild Thing from Major League. All right. 
That's a good one. Stay into the theme of the podcast, which I like. Yep. I haven't seen Major League in a while. Yeah. I feel if I was I... going to do a major, if I was going to do a Major League character, who was the uh, guy who couldn't, couldn't like hit the curveball? <laughs> he was into the voodoo and stuff like that. Yeah. That's Shoot. who I would have taken. The only, the only, I like the. I forget what his name is. I know that he had he had beef with that religious catcher or the religious pitcher, and I I can remember why he uh <laughs> he goes he like spits on his like idol and says fuck you, Bill. yeah I'll hit it myself. <laughs> I forget his I forget his name, but mm-hmm. that that was that's a good one as well. But I Rick Rick Vaughn is he's just electric and kind of won them the World Series. So wait, so for this top ten, are we like each listing ten or like? You're listing one, I'm listing two, then you're listing three, and then I'm I have listing ten. four. I have oh, ten. Okay. If you want to load, but yeah. All right. I say let's just do five and five for briefity, brevity, whatever the word is. All right. Um, but then for four slash two, um, I'll list Airbud. You know. I actually had Airbud on mine too. <laughs> I mean, he's out of sport. Or I mean, like no, well, he's, he's in not, sport. He's he's well, no, in he's every in single sport. sport. But, like <laughs> his his species, like isn't supposed to be doing that sport, which I think is yeah. even like more uh, impressive, just because of that fact. No, I agree. He he's the definition of do it all athlete. <laughs> uh, for my next one, then I have Benny the Jet Rodriguez in the Sandlot. All right, that's a good one. Um. Yeah, man, you took all the serious ones, Jacob. I'm gonna well, take. The, uh, well, now my bottom half is like the that was like my top three were serious because I just thought those were the best stories, and my bottom half is kind of a mixture of stuff. Yeah. What's the movie where uh, the old guy stands up from his wheelchair to make like the like field goal is good sign? Isn't that is that Remember the Titans? I don't think so. Oh no, it's facing the Giants. I think. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, well, it's the old. I'm taking the old guy who like stands up with his uh, <laughs> with the field goal sign. All right, for three. <laughs> my next, that's always an inspirational moment. Yeah, my next. I think my next one is the, actually the most electric character in sports, and it's Beyonce. Son. <sighs> that's a great answer, Jacob. Screaming, yeah. He that's a fantastic been. <laughs> answer. Uh, all right, sticking along the Will Ferrell line, I'll take. John Gerard. Um, I had him from too. NASCAR. Talladega Knights. Formula One champion. Uh, converted NASCAR one there too. Really just a winner wherever you play him. No, I agree. I, I had him in mind as well. So I guess for the outside looking into our top 10, I had uh, Tudor McGavin. I had Peter LaFleur. I had the Puerto Rican and Benchwarmers. I had Bugs Bunny and Space Jam. <laughs> And then I had Billy Bean. Those are all good ones. What would be enough? Uh, I'm trying to think of more. Um, I mean, I think we nailed them all, right? Yeah. Do we yeah. want to throw like in, like just for all like the former high school football like washouts? We can just we've covered Friday Night Lights. Um, what else? I mean, did we get to remember the Titans? No, we could take uh, Gary. Is Gary his name? The white guy? Yeah, I think Gary, the one who yeah. 
he was in the broke hospital. his leg or yeah something <laughs> along those broke lines. his body <laughs> <laughs> didn't he get hit by a car <laughs> i forget what happened to him i thought I don't think he got paralyzed, but low-key, I think he might have been paralyzed. I, I, I actually feel think, like he was. Really? Why does every single football player he at, least, he at least He at least couldn't move, I know, like, at the beginning of him being in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I know that, but I don't know if he was able to walk again, but he left it all out on the field. I mean, Booby Miles is another good one. Yeah. The uh, semi-pro, if we do that. Yeah, I was going to put Jackie Moon, but I haven't watched all of Semi-Pro yet. I've only seen Jackie one. Moon's just a classic one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good list. I agree. All, all right, right, well. Bobby Joe Hill on uh, from Glory Road. Oh, I haven't even watched Glory Road. It's a good one. Um, all right, I think that's a good list. Yeah. Probably 15 names or so we gave out to the people. Yep. Fellas um, missed. Yeah. I think, though, uh, we can get to our interview with Jesse. Um, Pratt Star. Uh, I mean, what else can we say besides that? Um, some, of our, some are calling him the most powerful Pratt Star of all time. He likes to be yeah. the, the czar of the Pratts. The, uh, he's just, they trust him so much that they're just giving him all the power they possibly can. So he kind of breaks down his role in the frat community and uh, how he came to gain all this power and how he uses it. Yeah, I mean, frats, I guess, Greek life starts and ends with Jesse Nazinic on Ohio mm-hmm. State. Um, so fun interview, and uh, we'll get to that now. All right. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Jesse Nidinick. Um Jesse, could you maybe enlighten some of our listeners to uh, who you are and what you do? Hey, guys, I'm Jesse Nidinick. I'm a third-year accounting major at Ohio State. <laughs> um, I'm the IFC Chief Justice as well as a member of Delta Sigma Phi. All right, Jesse, first off, I just want to wish a happy birthday today. It's not going to be your birthday when this comes up, but little birthday Thank special you. for you today. All right, so first things first, curious. Well, what are your duties being on part of the IFC, and how did you kind of get into that role and in getting into that? Um, Yeah, so the IFC essentially stands for the Interfraternity Council. So it's basically um, every university that has Greek life um, with fraternities will basically have an IFC that kind of acts as the executive body over it. Um, the general body consists of all the chapter presidents within like the community. So um, a lot of, a lot of IFC's presence you could see through like uh, compliance checks and through different um, community wide events that are held like uh, the involvement fair and things like that. IFC has a heavy part in helping with um, recruitment as well as uh, a lot of other things with chief justice my main responsibility is to make sure that those guidelines are followed. So that's anything from um, making sure that individual chapters are following their educational requirements, meeting academic standards, um, following event compliance rules that we have in our bylaws, you know, checking for 21, um, having that sort of thing. And then the other major duty is to basically update and maintain the constitution and the bylaws. 
which is basically the underlying document that all fraternities have to follow on campus. All right, so do you technically outrank your president of your frat then? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really know how the ranking would go, but I guess in an IFC sense, yeah, because my president is in the general body with the other 29 presidents, and then we would just be kind of the executive body over those 29 presidents, or 30 presidents total. So in a post-apocalyptic world where like fraternities are like the end-all be-all leadership, if like the people in front of you and the IFC were done, like you would still outrank your president. You know, I've been waiting for somebody to ask that question, Brian. Yes. <laughs> yes I would. All right. Yeah. I just, I mean, that's really what I'm concerned I'm about you when you get question. down to that level. When you, when you really break really, it down in that kind of sense, 100%. Yes. Well, yeah. Anytime I join like a company or something, my first question is always like, how many people need to like die in front of me in order for me to like have any sort of power here? But it sounds like you only need like two or three people to go and you're already the main man in charge. I'll have to ask that at my next interview. <laughs> All right. So you deal with the giant, like making sure that brats are keep their constitution or whatever that is. And we don't have to get into those technical details, but what are probably the main things that you see fraternities? Uh, what rules are they breaking most often? Um, and what do you kind of have to put a shutdown to? Um, so Whenever IFC intervenes, IFC, I would say, is kind of like the, the first line of defense when it comes to um, different violations by fraternities. Uh, the, the bylaws themselves, there's NIC, which is like the overarching like national rules. There's the obviously the student code of conduct, and then there's like IFC rules. We Probably the biggest thing would be small event compliance issues. Um, I mean, whether people have noticed or not, there's there's little things like you have to have marked water sources um, at an event. You have to have uh, basically like alternative transportation signs. You know, here's taxi, the local taxi company, or here's Uber, um, and that sort of thing. There's sober monitors at every event, so there's all kinds of people who are able to take you home or watch you if need be. And I think uh, I think probably just the the small ones like that are probably the biggest violations we see because. Anything regarding um, like the big stuff, like a lot of people want to talk about hazing, that all is a student conduct matter because that's violating the Ohio Student Code of Conduct rather than just our policies. So ours is a lot of the, the smaller scale stuff that you would see probably day to day. So what's the largest bribe you've taken to uh, look the other way? The <laughs> largest bribe? Um, I, <laughs> I don't think I've taken bribes, yes. All right. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, this is recorded, so we understand, Jesse. So yeah, Jesse just, uh, he held up. More of an off-camera question. <laughs> <laughs> so how often then do you just kind of walk into a frat and just kind of alpha the fuck out of everyone there and just get them on these nitpicky, nitpicky violations? <laughs> um, well, the breakdown of it would be usually we have, we have like a separate, like a bank compliance team. Uh, essentially just like party checkers who come in to do the checklist. I'll receive like any grievances they receive later, but I'd say it gives me some nice bragging rights at my own opportunity. So. so you don't have to do any of the dirty work then you have grunts already to do that for you. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> basically, basically chief justice acts as the judge in any hearing that comes from the grievances that are filed by the event compliance team. So have you have you uh, gone corrupt yet, or are you still 
still a modest judge in the frat community. I'd like to think I'm still I'm still holding my own as a modest judge. You know, a, yeah. a good fall semester. We'll see. We'll see well, how I end up at the end of that. But, so, I mean, do you get appointed like the Supreme Court, kind of like where you have to go to a hearing and defend your intake of alcohol to like a panel of people before you can get elected as like head judge? Um, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So it's a little reference. It's the to, same concept that you pretty much get to serve for life too, correct? You just get to give up power whenever you feel like you've kind of the way it was explained to me yeah i think as long as i'm acting sitting judge they have to physically remove me to elect a new chief justice so and i i wouldn't want to be the person for removing jesse nadinic from the throne i can i can guarantee that exactly i'm gonna move on to another question i think uh, a lot of guys guys listening want to know and I think as a society we really need an answer to this question is uh why don't sororities throw parties um, I was actually pretty curious about that myself coming into the role and that's one of probably the first things I asked and so while like fraternities have IFC there's a sorority counterpart called PHA which is the Panhellenic Association and essentially, I don't know how long ago, they basically said that they don't want sororities hosting their own parties, if that makes sense. Basically, it, it kind of goes back to like insurance policies. The guys are more willing to pay for like a shit ton more insurance and the girls get a lower insurance because they're not throwing parties at their house, so. So is there an ISC, like an inner sorority council? No, that's that's what PHA essentially is. Pen oh, okay. Yeah. So they don't really have a Jesse to tell them to contain these parties or whatnot? Actually, they do. because So it's kind of weird how it's developed over time. The PHA has their own chief justice uh, position. They have their own event compliance team. And um, basically, they, they have the same rules. They have a, a check-in, check-out for their individual sorority members they have all kinds of different guidelines that they have as being guests at different events so it's kind of it's kind of a double check between fraternities following policy when they host events and then sororities following policy when they attend these events okay yeah so obviously you've touched on a lot about how sororities and fraternities have to function together um how do you find i guess your sorority that you work with for years is there like a speed dating thing is it a like a match.com survey you fill out or what do you guys do um it's actually kind of like that i'd say it's just kind of you you feel it out a lot of a lot of social chairs in fraternities and sororities just to have events usually there's partnerships that end up occurring you know a new fraternity on campus might partner with this new sorority on campus and that sort of thing and just kind of over time you get ingratiated with oh, we've had fun when these people attended or this was a fun event that we had when these people attended and there's also a lot of other partnerships that go outside of just essentially parties like there's uh, a lot of philanthropy support when people throw their annual philanthropy events um, we've done community service events with different sororities and then I mean a, a big one for a lot of people fun enough is serenades you'll just go to their chapter dinner on a Monday and then make yourself look like an idiot while you sing. And then for some reason they really love it. So 
so that's all you have to do you have to go and like sing to him and then essentially that, if you have an angelic singing voice like you brian mm-hmm. you ride in to a serenade crew you that's how you get the block partners in my opinion wow you know because all this oh. time i feel like frats always try and like recruit like the big buff guys like they should be going to the local glee clubs at high schools and trying to like yeah. you, it's, it's a underrepresented area of the student body so what, I, what i'm hearing here is brian would be the most dynamic frat frat boy to ever live if, if he was ever given the chance to to join a frat and he would pretty much just have every sorority just wanting to be with that frat and schedule events with them i want to make it clear that that opportunity will open, Brian. Being a buff man with an angelic voice, I've seen him on a karaoke mic. and He would do some damage in a serenade thing, so. Well, I mean, I never really knew that that was a thing. I thought it was like they have like a combine or something where they bring you to a gym and like you do like lifting weights and then chugging beers and that's how like they choose if you want to go in or not. But if it's really just like one big American Idol audition, I mean, I'd be interested. Well, then I'll, I'll see you in the fall, Brian. <laughs> that sounds I'll, good I'll, I'll the stage set up for when you come alright <laughs> alright so we've, uh, we've all been there I know our freshman year time to time we would just kind of roam frat lane just looking for any, any sort of opportunity any sort of free alcohol so it just begs to ask uh, what advice do you have for freshmen trying to get into a party um uh, I mean, there's the, there's the stereotypical response, which is know somebody at the party, because I mean, <laughs> if you're throwing a party, you guys have thrown parties at your own house, and how weird does it get when there's a point in the night and you look around your living room and you have no idea who the hell is at your house? Usually we just we just go to bed and we just let them lay <laughs> out whenever whenever they're ready. But I mean, it's essentially that, except with a bunch more rules. So it's like. If we get in trouble for something a random stranger did, that would really suck. So I think if you're a freshman, I think the best thing you could do is either one, know somebody who can basically vouch for you or have like basically a buddy who goes in with you. Or I think it would help if you were actively looking into fraternities. I think I think fraternities are more willing to let people in if they think there's somewhat of a future with you. I mean, <laughs> if they're they're just inviting you to like <laughs> essentially eat their food and do whatever you want in their house. I don't understand the benefit on their end. So if they're doing it for maybe a potential crew later down the road or something of that nature, that would help a lot. Rather what than level of, because the door was unlocked. What level of fame would someone have to be to like, just get in like no questions asked? Well, like how many, we, how many intramural championships, uh, you have to have then to be able to just walk in wherever you want. I think when it comes to a scalable number of championships, it's at least four or one HGTV appearance. Okay. If so someone's able to convince where, you that, um, if someone's able to convince you where they were, um, where they kind of appeared on maybe like America's Hunt Funniest Home Videos or something when they were like 10 years old and they wanted that, like that show, does that let them get in? If I could see a taping of the event, I feel like that definitely changes the conversation. Okay. Um, now, we all know about that thing. to a fraternity rate. with a tape of you on America's Funniest Home Videos. I feel like you're a guy with a story. And that's somebody who adds value to my life. 
I want you in my party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I mean, here's the beautiful thing about it. If you get them young enough, you can really just pull up any video of any like Joe Schmo and just say it's you. And I'm pretty sure almost every single bouncer is going to believe that. <laughs> Maybe. It'll be, it'll be a first nonetheless. So. Um, Jesse, what's the farthest animal you think you can punt? I can punt? Yeah. What are those things from Madagascar that sing the Move It song? Oh, lemurs. Lemurs? Yeah. Really? Lemurs, easily. You, you think you would have it in you to punt a lemur, though? No, no. In this scenario, like, the animal not hurt at all. Punted, to be honest. Just, like, just so, like, everyone knows the animal doesn't get hurt at all. It's just, like, purely, like. Well, if it's something too small, it doesn't have enough weight behind it, you know? I gotta have something. Yep. If it's like a cow, I can't kick a cow. What's that gonna do? No, I agree. Thing. I think. But a lemur. Perfect. Anything over twenty pounds is out. Probably even more than that. Yeah, I'd say eight, eight to ten is your. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Your golden, golden distance right there. I mean, the obvious answer is the armadillo, but I don't know the yeah, way that's of what armadillo I had in that. Set. In this scenario, will the animal react, though? I know it doesn't feel pain, does, but does it just react how one would react if it were flying through? Mm. I mean, that's Unexpectedly. Tough. I, have, I would say no. I'm assuming you can get – but it's not, like, floppy. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that it still would react somewhat, but, like, on a normal it's reaction floppy, scale. but it reacts as it would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say flying squirrel there, but I thought I was cheating the system a little bit too much. So you're thinking like a snake is a no-no? No, I think you could do a snake. But like the snake would have to be curled up in a ball. I feel like that's going to flail pretty aggressively. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it doesn't have to be like a ball too. Like I think like a groundhog or something could work out well. But what's the cheat here? If I kick a pigeon, can it fly after? Like, I would say no. It can glide though. I'd give it gliding, not ooh, flying. Ooh. I'm changing my opinion. It's not a lemur. It's a hawk. A hawk? It can't fly, though, legal, Jesse. But I'm too patriotic. No, can... I understand. Yeah. Hawks glide. Well, yeah, but they kind of fly. They, I mean, I guess they glide. What you about... Really think of a bird as gliding, though. What about, like, a baby pterodactyl? Okay, yeah. I, I, no, uh... I think that's actually... It's either perfect. that or a flying squirrel, I've decided. Yeah, I think baby pterodactyl might be the best answer. <laughs> All right. Um, can you tell me the difference between uh, bronding and brotherhood? What did you say? Bronding? Yeah. Are you not familiar what with the that, term? What does that mean? No. I think it's like bros who are like bonding. This is coming okay. from my extensive research, like, I mean, maybe dive into what bronding means to you. The difference between bronding and brotherhood. Yeah. Um, I. It sounds like bronding is almost like a like a prerequisite to brotherhood. I feel like you gotta you gotta bronde before you can brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Understanding so this. I can bronde with anybody. I've bronded with so many random people in bathroom lines. But I've never been a brother. Of somebody just holding their piss in for five minutes with me. No, I mean, I think that's actually the perfect example. I can't tell you the amount of times I've ganged up on someone trying to cut the line at Lucky's with just people in line who... With my bro bronders? 
Yeah, my bronze. <laughs> Is this, that, brings, that brings another <laughs> question Bron, I'm right really there. confused what this means. <laughs> I'm surprised that that's not like 101. Like, I'm pretty sure like every single frat bronze. I'll have to talk to people about putting that in their new member education. I mean, that, that's what I would put it down as. That's, that's something you got to talk to John Phillips about. Yeah, we'll have to bring him on sometime. <laughs> and that brings another question is, uh, when the bathroom, bathroom line's full, you got to go then. Where's the best, best part of that best place uh, in or around the house to, uh, to just let it all out and just pee when you got to go? Makes sense. Um, well, I think the typical one for guys – you got to find your, your prime alley slash corner way. I would recommend do not piss inside of their house in an area that's not their bathroom. Because people don't tend to like people peeing on their floor. But definitely, you look for that side window, maybe crack it open a little bit, whatever, whatever you can fit out, you know? Mm -hmm. Are there hidden bathrooms in the houses that, like, we just don't know about that actually have, like, luscious amounts of toilet paper? Yeah, 100%. What do you think? Bathroom on Frat Row just doesn't have hand soap? No, dude. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's all I've been shown. (laughs) Man, I can't wait for this serenade. (laughs) Show you the lighter side. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is we're trying to destroy all these stereotypes that you guys have. But it sounds like it's just kind of one big glee club. I guess Toilet paper and more hand soap than they care to share with the general public. You know, toilet paper and hand soap nowadays, it's it's not that easy to come by. So I think you gotta you gotta hoard it when you have it. The no, th- I mean, yeah. People are looking back now, wondering if frats are they actually the secret geniuses. Yeah. Wishing man. Wish I didn't put all my hand soap out for my guests to just use up. <laughs> Very good point. We go through that a lot. Um Jacob, unless you have any more questions, I think we can get to our uh, Great Lakes debate. <laughs> and I don't even know if we have Jacob right now, so I'll it? just start All talking right. until he gets back on. All right, All right he's, he's here. All right, I think I'm back <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, good. All right, Jesse, so are you familiar with our Great Lakes debate? No, I'm not. All right, so what this is, is uh, we're each going to go in a serpentine draft, not a snake draft. And we're going to be uh, taking uh, what we consider the top four in each, each option. Um, today, in honor of you being here, we're going to be doing party themes. Um, and so we call it Great Lakes because you're choosing your top four. And there's four Great Lakes, if you minus Lake Michigan. Um, not to be confused with Mount Rushmore, which is a completely different thing. Um, but since you're the- would like to state now that we will not recognize Lake Michigan as a Great Lake until they're able to beat Ohio State in football. So until that happens, the top Yeah, once that happens, Erie's gone. But for now, it gets to stay. Um, Yeah, but since you are the guest, Jesse, uh, we're going to let you go first. All right. An easy number one, an Animal House classic, the Toga Party. It is a month. Yeah. College career. Yeah, I think that was everyone's Sorry to mess up your draft. <laughs> no, that's All a good right. one. All right, Jacob, are you first or am I first? Um, 
Jesse, we'll let you can pick. You can pick next, and then we'll we'll switch off every every episode that from here on out. Yeah, that's a big decision. Wait, I'm going again. No, you have to pick no, no. which one of us goes next. Oh, ooh, I think Brian's got a good one. Tip of his tongue. All right, I have a couple. Um, I well, think I'm gonna go with one. costume party, mainly during Halloween. I think um, you know, I mean, if people do it right. It can be very successful, probably even more successful from the toga. Um, but a lot of times it doesn't go right. But if it does, it's one of the best ones you have. All right. That's fair. I've seen a good costume party. All right, Jacob, you have two. With my first pick, I'm going to take just an all-day darty. Just one of those days you wake up at 11 a.m. and you just you say to yourself, it's all-day drink fest. And you started out with some games with – with the guys on the front lawn and then people just continuously come out throughout the day. And then by the end of the night, you've got, you've got quite the crowd there. And then with my second pick, I'm going to, I'll, I'm going to take a duo themed costume. Well, I guess it's not a costume party, but just a duo themed party. For you. All right, yeah. I had twin party too. Yeah. All right. Those are two good ones. Um, with my pick, I think that I'll take a party that you're told to pay up front. So, I mean, I think we've all had that instance where we like go to a party and we have a good time and then they send us the bill two weeks later for something we've told we weren't going to have to pay for. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to say a party where... These are some weird uh, themes, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a party where like you're told up front how much you have to pay and I don't mind paying. I just... I like to be told up front. The theme is put a down payment. A down payment party, yeah. But especially especially paying for the paying for the actual drinks though, and not just the. Yeah, yeah. Decorations get a little tough if I have to pay for yeah. those too. <laughs> <laughs> you pop three right, balloons. <laughs> All right, Jesse, you have two. All right. This one, this one has always confused me a little bit, but wig parties, they're, they're a big in the, the sorority fraternity community for, I don't know what reasons, people just like having fluorescent pink hair. Well, now are you choosing this just because you think the public's going to like it, Jesse, or is this actually one of your, this is your second top party? Well, see, the more I thought about it, the more I realized I too would love fluorescent pink hair for a night, you know? Mm-hmm that mistake the next morning. But if I have like a giant bluish green afro, I feel like I could rock that for a few hours. You know what I mean? No, I completely understand that. Also say, Jesse, though, I love, I love showing up to a party or even sometimes the bar after the party and seeing you in a nice cowboy hat. That's, that's, that's always a Jesse in a classic that I love. Uh, <laughs> I say that, that's what I love to see you wearing. It just, <laughs> just puts me in a better mood just seeing it. I'm in a better mood wearing it, honestly. <laughs> I love that for us then. <laughs> um, I get another pick, right? Yep. Yep. I gotta go with the classic rodeo then. You, you took you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. A good a good cowboy hat, maybe a holster. I don't think anything like it. I've never felt so in the moment when I'm wearing my flannel tucked in. No, that's, I mean, that's a great one, Jacob. Also, just remind me, Jesse, where in those, I just, I kind of just imagine I'm out in Wyoming over there, and Jesse's the last cowboy of this era, 
just rounded up the horses. This nice natural <laughs> light in his hand. I'm just saying to Bud Light to be their uh, their cowboy, but they haven't they haven't taken the offer yet. Yeah. It's, they're they're I mean, still, they're still in, the, in, the, in the ancient. They're still, they're still medieval times, time, yeah. so they'll get there. Yeah, they're gonna get up to it. They'll come around. All right, with my third pick, I think I'm gonna take an open bar party. Um, now this isn't gonna be confused with like a fraternity where like you go up and say like, hey, give me a beer, and your only choice is Natty Light. I'm talking like you go to a party at a bar and like it's just an open bar. You're talking about a fully stocked wedding kind of deal, huh? Yeah, like a wedding kind of party. Like obviously, like you don't have to like pay anything for it. It's like somehow you got a connection, you get to go to this. Um, Thank you. All right, Jacob, you got the lot. You got your last two. Yeah, I've actually got a lot to decide. I think with my third pick, I'm gonna go with a holiday party where you dress as a holiday. I think that's it's fun see what everyone comes up with and there's actually a lot of variety in there instead of just picking the easy front runner of like a christmas sweater costume halloween costume and then my last pick i think i'll go i'll go with the boston twee party that's a good one. A little colonial <laughs> dress and get those twees flowing all right that's good um my last one, I'm going to take a party of four. Um, anytime you're at a restaurant or something, I think party of four is always the easiest to plan for because you can either take up a full booth or most of the tables have like four chairs. So it probably leads to like the shortest amount of weight. And then if you only have two people, you're not taking up like a whole booth. You're like actually taking up like the required amount for a booth. So I'm going to go with party of four. I will say, but what if you have a party of five and you're not want that one on the end of the seat? Doesn't that just make you feel better that you just you just kind of outfit someone right to the end, and while you and your your core three are sitting there in their nice seats, while someone is just at the end? Yeah, but that's the thing is you have to get that spot because twenty percent of the time you're going to be the guy on the outside and look like a fool. You know, I've been the guy in the end, and I've been the guy in the booth, and there's there's a real power struggle there. All right, Jesse, finish us off with your last one. Hmm. I think I got to go with a decades party. Anytime you're saying like, like 90s or 2000s, we got some throwback tunes. I can dress up like my favorite SpongeBob cartoon episode. You know, it's going to be a good night. So Now in this one, are you saying that it is going to be music of that decade played? Or is it going to be like, yeah, oh, I think you got to select a decade. Like, Hey, this is eighties, nineties, whatever, whatever decade you feel, feel you connect to on a spiritual level. And I feel like you got, you got to dress for the occasion. You got to rock the tunes of the decade. All right. I like that. I've got, a, think... I've got a, I've got an idea for you, Jesse. What if the party starts out in each two hours? So everyone comes dressed as their favorite decade say cut off that cut it off at the 60s 60s to early 2000s and every two hours the music genre changes decade i'm not gonna lie i've actually spoken about this idea to people and it's on some traction but i've never seen it seen it in full fruition see, I've, I've never i've never seen it done either it's just kind of popped in the old head yeah if you could if you could slowly progress the the time i feel like that would be good 
Yeah, I think the issue is that no one has the skills to like reach into that 50s valve and about and like actually play good music there. And so that's what you have to start with and you get too many people to scare away at that point. I think what's tough is too many people don't have like, they don't want to play like the, the decade defining music. So it's like, you can't tell if you're in the 60s or 70s sometimes. And yeah, I, I agree. Fun of it is when you get to get into later, later stages, you'll, you'll kind of start to recognize some stuff. I agree. People don't commit whenever you have a party like that too. And yeah, they're kind of cool. like, Oh, we'll just call that's, it something. That's the yeah. struggle. Yeah. Um, Done perfectly. My, one of my top four party themes. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. If you can get a good quality decades theme party, it should have been drafted a lot earlier. But if you, if you may have gotten a steal there, Jesse. That's what I'm here for. All right. Uh, so that was our Great Lakes. We should, um, I'll get that post on the Twitter. Um, soon enough so everyone can go vote for that um but jesse thank you so much for coming on yep you have a, yeah th thanks for having me the inaugural episode yep have a great rest <laughs> of your birthday and more. maybe when this uh this whole pandemic thing goes by you can uh throw one throw your favorite of your top four themes at old 94 east lane uh, i'd love to see it i'd love to see it party. all right bring the cow bring the cowboy hat though <laughs> oh yeah we'll fit that in somewhere all right <laughs> all right see you jesse